We're in week number two of our faith series. Our series where we talk about the idea of what does faith look like? Because, you know, we serve a God where with God all things are possible. We serve a God who does the impossible. A God who, for him, the impossible is easy. Tonight we're going to talk about one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. And this was one of those, for me, this was, this was one of those difficult things to prepare for because there's so much good stuff in here. There's so much that I could say, that I would like to say, to try to condense it and just to some principles that we can all put into our life. But that's what I've tried to do. Tonight we're going to be talking about the story of Joshua. When Joshua was leading the Israel nation to finally enter the promised land. And in order to do that, the first place they had to get by was the city of Jericho. That was kind of like the gateway to them entering into the promised land. And so this is where they had to start. And we're going to be in Joshua 6 tonight, but just the, a couple of verses in Joshua chapter 5, we, we see Joshua's, what's going on here is Joshua's gone off alone to pray, to meet with God. Um, we, we, you know, he may have been going to get a battle plan, but we know he was going to spend time with God, to seek God for what was next. And here's what it says in Joshua 5, starting in verse 13. It says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now I love it, the picture of this verse, because... When I see the phrase looked up, to me what that tells me is that he was looking down. You know, what that tells me is that his face was down. He was most likely praying, talking to God, and looking down. So when he had to look up to see this man, we understand what he had going on, what he was doing at the time. And then it says, Joshua went up to him and asked him, Are you for us or for our enemies? And I don't want you to miss what this guy says in verse 14. He said, No, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. Now his response was probably not what Joshua expected to hear. You know, when Joshua said, Are you for us or are you for them? He said, Neither. And I want you to get that. See, when God walks onto the scene, He does not come to take one side or the other. He comes to take over. See, we're not asking, is God on our side? The real question for each of us is, we need to ask ourselves, are we on God's side? See, today, that's important, as we all face many battles, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that we make sure that we're on God's side in all those situations. Because see, here's one of the principles that, that Joshua was really exhibiting in this situation. It says, there can be no victory for the Lord in public unless we experience worship of the Lord in private. See, if we keep reading, it says, then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. 
And Joshua did so. See, the greatest significance of this meeting with the commander of the Lord's army is that we see that the people of Israel will not be fighting alone. God is on their side. And, you know, one of the cool things about this this part of the story is we understand that this wasn't just a random angel that was appearing before Joshua. This was one of those Old Testament appearances of Jesus himself. Because we know that, by the way, that this messenger allows himself to be worshipped. Angels never would do that. And then, secondly, Joshua, he was told to remove his sandals because he was on holy ground. The same way that earlier God told Moses when he spoke through the burning bush to remove his sandals. So we know that that was Jesus that Joshua had an encounter with. See, Christians, Christians are going to face many Jerichos in our life. And so many times we can be tempted to give up when we encounter those things, those obstacles, those things that are standing in our way. Just like 40 years earlier when the 12 spies were sent out and 10 of the 12 came back and said, we can't do it. Only Joshua and Caleb came back and said, God's already given it to us. God's got this. Let's go. Now, if we, if we start reading in chapter 6, in verse 1, here's what it says. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On this seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So right here, we see that Joshua was given the exact order for overcoming the city. And all he had to do was obey by faith. I I love what it says in verse 2. It says, God told him, he said, I have given Jericho to you. I have delivered it. Not I will give it to you. But I have given it to you. The victory had already been won. All Joshua and his people had to do was claim the promise of that and obey God's instructions. See, victorious Christians are people who know the promises of God because they spend time meditating on God's word. And they believe the promises of God because they've seen God faithful just as the nation of Israel had. I mean, when we really look at this story, we understand that this is not an ideal battle plan. That I'm, I'm sure even Joshua, when he was going to tell the, the leaders and the people, this is our plan of attack. You know, I'm sure his generals and his, his fighting men had a great expectation that that Joshua is going to have this amazing attack plan, this amazing battle plan that was going to take down the walls, that was going to counter the city, that was going to help them accomplish their task. 
And then Joshua goes off and comes back and said, here's what we're going to do. I'm sure they thought, okay, he's lost his mind. But we got to understand that God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes his plans are going to seem pretty silly or crazy or impossible until we remember God, he's promised he's given us the victory. And his ways are not always our ways. See, God has outlined for us in his word all we need to know about spreading the gospel and conquering the enemy. Unfortunately, you know, too many Christians, especially too many churches, decide to try their own way of accomplishing God's plan. And it never works. God's already given us the instruction. He's told us what we need to be doing. And if we would follow His plans, His will will be accomplished. Exactly what He wants to happen. Because see, no situation is too great for the Lord to handle. No problem is too much for Him to solve. God always knows exactly what He will do. Now, our responsibility is to wait for Him to tell us all that we need to know and then simply obey. Just like Noah. Our answer is yes, Lord. It doesn't matter the question. Our answer is yes, God. Yes, God. I read an interesting quote from a great missionary by the name of Hudson Taylor. Here's what he says. He says, For most people, there are three different ways to serve the Lord. And I want you to get this, because this is, this is so true. It says that, number one, is that people make the best plans that we can and hope they succeed. Now, number two, he says, is to make our own plans and then ask God to bless that. Yeah, see, it, it, it sounds very familiar, doesn't it? And then finally, the third way is to ask God for His plan and then do what He tells us to do. See, God's ways are the best ways. See, Joshua, he got his orders from God and then he did it. He followed them to the letter. And that's why Israel succeeded. See, when we can truly grasp this idea that God's people, us, don't simply fight for victory. We fight from a position of victory. Because God has already won the battle. If we'll just get on God's side and get God's plan for doing things. If we keep reading in verse 6 of chapter 6, it says, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. See, I love this. Joshua first shared God's plan, not with his generals, but with the priests. If we look in the next few verses, verses 6 through 13, 
the ark is mentioned eight times. Now, I think that's pretty significant because at the time, the ark is where the presence of God actually dwelt. So when the ark was there, God was with them. And I think it it illustrates a very powerful picture that, you know, without God, Israel, the nation, the army, the people could have marched around Jericho a thousand times and nothing would have happened. But as long as they have the ark there, the principle is when we accept God's plan, we invite God's presence and that guarantees success. So I I love how much the ark is mentioned in these few verses because it it illustrates the point that it is all dependent on God. God being there with us. Without that, we've got no power. It's all about God. And it's all about us doing exactly what God is telling us to do. That's where we get our mission. That's where we get our battle plan. And see, it's important that leaders, especially church leaders, spend time with God and get the plans from God and then obey. And then, especially in church life, it's that much more important for a church to follow the leaders who have got God's plan so that we can get the results that we know God wants us to have. See, if we read, start in verse 8, it says, When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. And all this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout! So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. See, that was what was going on. They began to do, they were marching around the city. They were following God's plan. Now, if we want to get you know real practical here, there there are a few points we can just pull out of of what we've been reading so far. As we face our own obstacles, as we face our own Jerichos in our life, and the first one is this, and and you know this is this is a key. It's the person who wants to fight the best must bow the lowest before the battle. See, we win our battles on our knees and on our faces before God. That's where we get the power. You know, I read an article about a guy who started a church over in Texas. And, you know, God has done phenomenal things through this church. And this pastor shared a story about an encounter he had when he was in school of a Christian man from another country. And they had, they had gone to, to church together one morning and they went and grabbed some lunch. And this pastor just asked him, so what do you think of you know, our American churches? And, and the guy kind of said, well, it's, things aren't that good. 
and the pastor just said, well, why do you think that is? And the guy from the other countries just said simply, well, where's the prayer? He said, I, I've been to all these churches and there's very little prayer that seems to be happening. And the pastor told him and said, well, unfortunately in most churches, when we say prayer meeting, people check out. You know, it's not something that's valued in most churches. And the guy from the other country said, well, see, that's what we understand back home. He said, in, in my church, we'll have 5,000 people there on a Sunday. But he said, on our Tuesday night prayer times, we'll have 10,000 people gather. And the pastor said, well, how does that even happen? What, what do you do? He said, and the guy told him, he said, we understand that the battle for souls is won and lost with prayer. The next principle is this, is that no one can take a city alone. We need each other. See, Joshua had the loyal cooperation of the priests and the people, and together they overcame the enemy. See, God sent us here to begin this church so he could take the city. See, if we keep reading the story, it says this. It says, On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, the men gave a loud shout. The wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord, and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. See, when we follow God's methods, He wins the battle, and He gets the glory. The next principle is this, that unbelief looks at walls and giants and says they're too big. But faith looks to God and said, with, with God, how can we fail? See, before we moved here to start this church, I was scared. I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy saying, we're giving up everything, giving up a paycheck, giving up friends and family and relationships to come to a city where we had no job, had no money, knew no one, had no building. We had nothing. All we knew was that God said, this is where I'm sending you. So until he says otherwise, this is where he wants us. And God has been faithful. God has proven himself faithful. He's provided what we've needed every step of the way. No, it hasn't been easy. It's been scary. We've had people tell us we were crazy. We've had people tell us that it's never going to work, that you're not going to be able to do what you're trying to do in that city. But all we know is God said, this is where I want you, and this is what I want you to do. 
And so, of course our answer was yes. And finally, you know, we see the grace of God at work. Even in judgment here over Jericho, for Rahab and her family were saved because of her faith. Because of her belief in the God of Israel. Her family was saved from being destroyed when they took the city. Even to the point where Rahab is part of the family line of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. See, the activities of this week, they were a test of God's people's faith. I mean, to some of them, it may have seemed like a waste of time to, vote, to devote an entire week to the taking of one city. But see, God was not only teaching them faith, but He was teaching them patience. Because as it says in Hebrews, it says through faith and patience that God's people will inherit what He promised. One of the things that we do know is that that God is never in a hurry. He knows what He's doing. And His timing is never off. See, victory is ours if we do not quit. When When we're doing what God has called us to do. We're already on the winning side. We just have to stop looking at all the obstacles. Instead, start seeing God instead of the obstacles. And trust in that. See, Hebrews 11.30 talks about how by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched around them for seven days. One of the most interesting aspects of this is if you if you read the account of this event, if you look back, you'll discover that, that Joshua never told the people how many times they were going to be required to circle the city or what was going to happen after they finished. All he told them was to start marching and that he would tell them when it was time to stop and what to do next. And they did it. See, that's the kind of faith, that's the kind of trust, that's the kind of obedience that God wants from each of us. Where we say, God, all we know is that you've said, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And we're going to keep doing it until you say stop. And if you never say stop, then we're going to keep on. Because we trust you. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when other people say it can't be done, we trust you. And your plan is the plan we want to live by. I read a a commentary when I was preparing for this, and the writer made a a really amazing point. He He said that many people don't see the answers to their prayer simply because they have stopped one round short in their conquest of their personal Jericho. We may have been doing the right things, but we simply stopped doing them too soon, too early. I heard a story from a pastor one time who told about a woman in his church who prayed for her lost husband for over 25 years every day 
to give his life to Christ. And that before he passed away, he finally did. What would have happened had she stopped praying after five years or ten years and said, it's, what good is that? I've been praying for years and years and years and nothing. But she didn't stop. She didn't stop until she got her answer. That's what God wants from us. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even when we don't understand, even when nothing seems to make sense, God is there. We just have to trust Him.